Right, man, welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 408. Jason Lingren is with me, as is Clive DeCarl. He's back for, I don't know, what's it getting to be? Five, six, seven times? I don't know. I'll have to go count. Um, we're going to do what we do with Clive. For everybody listening, there is a link, an image link under every episode to Clive's products. Uh, a lot of people are using them regularly. I know I do. Um, magnesium. How many people have we interviewed where every single one of them to a person says everyone's low on magnesium. That was clearly true of me. Uh, taking magnesium saved me from a my hand getting cut open to fix my fingers. All I needed was magnesium. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Well, after a very large thunderstorm last night, we have a very warm and humid morning. All right. So we're going to touch on a number of things. One of the things that will come up is the snake venom idea that really popped up just a couple, two, three, four, maybe four days ago. When this comes out, we have probably already interviewed Dr. Artis, and we're going to try to find out what's what. Um, so much of it seems to fit the symbolism, but appearances can be misconstrued. So we're going to try to do what we can to narrow it down. And by the way, these are things that if they're correct, there should be some provable method with water or other things that would show it pretty quickly. Anyhow, welcome, Clive. Thank you very much, Crow. Thank you, Jason. Lovely to be with you again. Fantastic. Do you have any idea how many times you've been on? I think it's eight or eight. seven. I think this is number eight, I think, but I might maybe wrong. That's, it's been a lot of times and a lot of people are using your products regularly. I see the links go over. Um, all right, well, let's jump in here. Is there anything you want to say before we hit the, uh, the bullet list? Uh, well, just simply that, you know, we're, all of us are in this journey of discovering new information and since we last spoke, I've uh, done some research onto about three products which have just knocked me sideways with what um, what the results can be for people. So, so I hope it's going to be a really interesting show. Okay. And are all these things we're going to talk about things that you have stocked and can provide those who want them? Exactly. Okay. So let's jump in, I guess, with proteolytic enzymes. Right. Well... Proteolytic enzymes simply are enzymes that digest protein. Now, there's sort of two types of protein, you might say. There's the protein that makes us up. That's like good protein. Then there's foreign protein, which isn't us, isn't our bodies. So you know, everything's made of protein. So we eat food, and let's say we eat a big steak full of protein. Well, um, as we get older, we don't digest food the way we used to. So for some people... Uh, if they took a protein digesting enzyme, that would do a lot of the digestion for them. An ideal for somebody old, for example, who can't eat much, doesn't have, doesn't have an appetite, and they'll still have the potential to grow muscle and so on, be strong. But if you used it differently, if you used a protein digesting enzyme at least two hours after a meal, what it would then digest would be any foreign protein that is yours. So an example of a foreign protein uh, might be a cyst. It could be a tumor. It could be fibrosis. And you know, fibrosis is scar tissue. And scar tissue sort of forms a bit like a spider's web. And let's say that somebody's arteries are damaged and might sort of crack, burst, because they're not coherent enough. Well, then the body would create scar tissue and like a spider's web to wrap around the artery and keep it strong 
and functioning. But of course, scar tissue probably only works a tenth as well, as efficiently as real tissue. So what you want to do is to reverse that scar tissue with healthy tissue. And we've discussed it on previous shows that you can do that with MSM sulfur. You know, MSM sulfur you know, is on the site and we've done previous shows mentioning that. But proteolytic enzymes are, I would say, the more powerful of the two to do this job. So let's look at it this way. Who has the most enzymes in general in their bodies while children? Now, babies, young children, bounce really well. You know, the toddler is falling flat, flat on their face all day long. And so long as you know, the parents don't panic and say, oh, you hurt yourself. As long as that doesn't happen, they just pick themselves up and carry on, don't they? And young children, they bounce pretty well as well. And they're pretty resilient. Now, a child can sort of sprain their ankle. And if they're young enough and healthy enough, 10 minutes later, what would have possibly laid out you and me for a, for a few weeks, that they have so much proteolytic enzyme activity in their body that the body self-repairs really fast, like five minutes, whatever it might take. So, But as we get older, we lose this ability to repair instantly. Now, let's say you had a sprained ankle. Well, not only uh, well, it would hurt because it's inflamed. Now, proteolytic enzymes actually reduce inflammation as well. And once you've reduced the inflammation, then the pain goes. So proteolytic enzymes, I think, are probably the most underlooked. You know, you, you could look at vitamin D or magnesium and say, well, that's number one. But proteolytic enzymes are so incredibly important as we get older that they, they sort of need look, looking at in depth. And they've been known about for an incredibly long time. But uh, some, I don't know, 40 years ago or something, the Japanese were investigating silkworms, not for medical reasons or health reasons, but they were, they were very intrigued by silkworms because when the silkworm goes into the chrysalis before it comes out uh, as a silk moth, um, the chrysalis becomes rock hard. You, you, you might not even be able to break it open with a hammer. You know, it's that hard. But when the moth wants to come out, it excretes a proteolytic enzyme, which dissolves the chrysalis in seconds, and it can fly away without a predator catching it. And they were so intrigued by this material, this incredible material from the silkworms, that they looked into it in Japan and found the there was actually a bacteria that was, that was doing this. So they started cultivating it in the lab. And now, 40 odd years later, um, it's very popular to give racehorses uh, because you don't want racehorses with any scar tissue in their bodies. And if they're, you know, pushing them, their muscles to the limit and their ligaments and take tendons to the limit, then, well, then this, along with MSM sulfur, uh, is given to racehorses because it dissolves scar tissue eases inflammation, you know, hopefully ends pain. So it is a massive, massive thing. And I think really everybody should consider putting it near the top of their list. So the only things that I'm aware of that I've witnessed firsthand that deal with scar tissue, one of them is the Gerson method. So I'm guessing I'm taking a shot in the, the dark that a proteolytic enzyme would be found in a correctly juiced vegetable 
or fruit juice. Is that correct? Is that the enzymes that are being preserved when you press juice the correct way? Well, yeah, most of the digestive enzymes uh, come from vegetables. I mean, famous ones like papaya uh, for papain. There is bromelain, which comes from pineapples. And there are a number of different ones, you know, the ones to digest fat and so on. So uh, very often, yes, it's vegetable sources that these come from. And I mean, let me give you just a few examples of common ailments that people have that can be corrected, but they may not know how to do it. You know, circulatory problems, varicose veins and stuff. While often there's a vitamin C deficiency involved, a proteolytic enzyme should fix varicose veins. You know, arthritis, joints, muscles, uh, there's pretty much every reason, again, along with magnesium and vitamin C, one or two other sort of classics, which everybody needs, basically. Um, that should end. You know, there's lots of research done on MS, for example, because you know, the myelin sheath, which, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, you know, if, if that gets damaged, uh, which is multiple sclerosis, to a degree, it can be reversed with a proteolytic enzyme. Lung diseases, you know, how many people have got emphysema or asthma, bronchitis, you know, bronchiestasis? Uh, all these are scar tissues. You know, it can be dealt with. Um, quite a number of ENT issues, you know, sinuses, for example. I mean, let, but let, let's say somebody's had the experience of having to have surgery. That there'll be scar tissue less. People sometimes after surgery have adhesions. You can dissolve all this. What form is it in? Is it like a tablet or is it a capsule with powder in it? How do you take the yeah. proteolytic enzymes that you provide? Yeah, Sm small capsule uh, with powder. And I mean, you, you can just swallow the capsules or if you want to sort of ultimate efficacy, you could open the capsules, mix them with a little bit of water and hold it in the mouth for as many minutes as as you like, because the receptors in the mouth are incredible. So you, you want to make a supplement go a lot further, last a lot longer, be a lot cheaper, hold it in the mouth as long as you can. And loads of it will go right in that way. All right. Well, you've got my attention. Put me down for some proteolytic enzymes. I'm going to have to give that a, a firsthand checkout, Clive. Um, I have members of my family that do have asthma, and I found that so many just Herbal and other remedies that people have, they help so much more than those stupid inhalers that do damage. But you brought up proteins, and I wanted to make a point that I've noticed in the media lately. They're using protein um, because in people's minds, it's important to your diet as a way to sell food that'll kill you. Like a hot pocket is a good example. 100% bad food. And they'll advertise it as, hey, man, look at these Hot Pockets. It's got 16 grams of proteins now. <laughs> so they're, they're pushing all these foods based on the idea that proteins is positive in the mind. Uh, and I just wanted to put that out there so that people don't fall for it. But if I order proteolytic enzymes, which I will do when we get off the air, how will they come to me? Is it in a, in a little, like a typical bottle or? Uh, just just a, a normal bottle, as, as you'd expect. Uh, you know, some capsules are quite large. These these are pr pretty small, actually. All right, I'm I'm game. Like everything, you know, I'd suggest on day one you you start with one. I'm currently taking ten a day. I'm taking five when I first get up in the morning because because it's a proteolytic enzyme. You have to do it on an empty stomach. 
So the best way for me is the moment I wake up, obviously I'm on an empty stomach, I've been asleep all night. So I, t- I, I take it then. And then because I don't like to eat late at night, I'll take some before bed. So it's, it's no effort to avoid the protein, if you see what I mean. Because if you take them while, while after you've eaten protein, then instead of working on your cysts or your ulcer or whatever it might be, it's going to work on the food, which, which is great if you're having problems digesting proteins. But, um, you know, that may not be uh, you know, much more important to dissolve scar tissue and fix inflammation. Because, I mean, look at it this way. Cancer is an inflammatory disease. Your heart problems are inflammatory disease. Everything that we die of, barring old age, you might say, is either inflammation or scar tissue. You know, people have diseases which have names ending in itis, which is inflammation, or names ending in osis, which is scar tissue buildup. So, you know, people tend to die from one or other or both. So if, as I'm trying to suggest, by using a few carefully chosen supplements, because you, suddenly you know what you're doing, which doctors have no idea. Doctors don't know this stuff. They, they, they're not taught it. It's not their fault, so to speak. They don't know. But uh, yeah, the longer I do this work, the more, I, the more it's occurring to me that it's simpler and simpler and simpler as I understand just the, 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 the simplicity of how the body works, you know, scar tissue, inflammation. It's not so hard to figure out and when you realize that they are keeping from you, I mean, these products are elite. Well, some of the products I'm going to be talking about are illegal in Europe. You can't get them. But in Germany, it's not the case. Germany, along with Russia, have got a whole different way of doing regular medicine you know, that doctors do. And so in Germany, if you go for surgery in any hospital, they, they give you a proteolytic enzyme before, during, and after so that um, the scar tissue doesn't form and you form your body back together again after the surgery naturally. How obvious is that? The Germans know it, but they don't do, nobody in England knows it, doctor-wise. Don't suppose anybody in the States, except for the few really switched-on doctors, have any idea that such a thing exists. It's criminal. There's the power of laws and things. You know, I use a thing from Dr. Reckweg, who had German brothers who were some of the best alchemical I don't know what you'd call them, tinctures type things. Um, and you can actually find these on Amazon. Uh, but I was talking with Fortune de Saint Germain and I started studying these guys. And it's true. There are places, and you mentioned one of them, that are far away from our kind of drug controlled systems. But Jason, you want to get anything in on proteolytic enzymes? Because I know I'm a customer as soon as we get off here. Definitely sounds interesting. What changes have you seen in yourself, Clive? Well, not really anything I could put my finger on, but then uh, you know, the problem is that uh, I try too many supplements to know which one's doing what. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem. So if I was only doing one, then I could say, oh, it made a huge difference. But A, I'm taking several, not a lot of supplements, but you know, a few every day. And basically I feel better now than I've done for decades, but I can't tell you what did it better living. And another thing about the proteolytic enzymes is I used to have a problem with cysts until I worked out. There was things that the, the, the VA hospital were giving me. I think people who have been put on uh, long-term painkillers often have trouble with cysts. So it'll be interesting for me to check that out, but let's keep moving along. Let's jump over to nano I think that is. It just, just before we make that uh, leap, 
uh, I'd just like to say that cysts generally form through a lack of iodine. That, that's, I'd say, 95% of the time what causes a cyst, not enough iodine. Well, that's interesting too, because of the things that I get from you regularly, fulvic minerals and iodine are two that, you know, nearly every day, I'll be taking a few drops of those. And by the way, Clive provides all the things that we've talked to, to this point. Uh, it's very important that I add a couple more things about proteolytic enzymes because they dissolve blood clots, mm. right? Which is right in the news, isn't it? You know, blood, the blood clot thing. They dissolve no. blood clots. That's what they do. You know, what, what we'd class as non-living tissue, they'll fix. Another couple of important ones that people might want to know, uh, you know, arterial plaque dissolves it. Uh, migraines that are vascular can fix them. Uh, here's an important one for men, enlarged prostate. And it goes on and on. I mean, the, the list is incredible, but it's not surprising because everything, generally speaking, problems involve all the factors and it fit, fixes the lot. So with the nanopicosanol, this has been sort of extraordinary, really. We talked about it on, on, on the three or four shows back. And I wrote to all the clients that had bought it, which was at that point, I think about 1,500 people. So I got a reasonable feedback from people as to what sort of things, they, what sort of results they were getting. Now, uh, some people, a few, got a result on day one. Others got a result three months in. And I'm still taking it, hoping it might affect my type 1 diabetes. And I'm, you know, the inventor said I should wait at least nine months for something to happen if it was to happen. But I can give you a few examples of what people have found. Um, just got a list and I'll just, just get it out. So um, I think one really big one was menopause. Uh, this woman had used it for about three months and her, all her menopause symptoms by then had ended. And then about three months later, uh, she stopped taking it for a month. All her menopause symptoms came back. Then she started taking it again and they all went away again. That's, that's kind of a big deal, Clive. I know women who, you know, some of the nurses that help come and take care of my mom, they have horrendous hot flashes. I feel bad for them. You can see them sweating. So that would be one of the symptoms, right? Those terrible hot flashes. But again, hot flashes are a symptom of iodine deficiency. Anything that's temperature related, somebody takes your hand and says, oh, you've got cold hands or you're really hot. That is a, an imbalance of the thyroid. The thyroid controls temperature and iodine essentially controls the thyroid. So ludicrously inexpensive, you know, $30 worth of iodine shall last a year, um, you know, is, is probably at least part of the answer. And as previous listeners might remember that if you take iodine, you also want to take selenium at the same time. Uh, but so many problems can be fixed there. I mean, it controls all the hormones. But back to nanopicosanol, um, I'm just looking through a list of people who've said results. Uh, this woman says that uh, much less menstrual pain, her lower back pain had decreased and her belly fat had decreased. And the funny thing is a remarkable number of people report belly fat going down. Now, it's very important for me to point out that I'm not suggesting that nanopicosanol is the answer to any of these problems because it doesn't quite work that way. You know, what it is is an adaptogen, like an adaptogenic herb. And so it seems to work like this. Your body 
knows what needs to be dealt with first. You know, somebody, we might have half a dozen health issues, some of which maybe we know about or aware of, others that we don't, but the body will choose the most important thing that it needs out of the choice of things that need to be done. So on one person, they may still, they may have menopausal issues, but actually in them, it might fix something that it sees as more important. So load of people say that improve their dig- digestion. Um, uh, probably the next most uh, reported was pain relief um, from arthritis to you know, pain in, in all sorts of ways. Uh, quite a lot of people felt it gave them more energy and also felt it made them calmer at the same time, which is sort of what you want, I suppose. Uh, quite a few people found they ate less uh, as a result. Uh, you know, a number of people along those lines. Um, quite a few people mentioned immunity, and I think they're probably talking about they used to get colds but aren't anymore, but I'm not quite sure. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't gotten, haven't gotten sick all winter. Um, I have two autoimmune diseases, so my immune system is usually taxed, but not this year. Um, skin improvements. I mean, nanopicosan has got three patents, which you normally can't get for a natural product. And one of them is for the whole psoriasis eczema type of stuff. Um, there's general improved well-being, increased awareness of body and knee pain improvement. Oh, yeah, asthma is another big one. Quite a few people saying that their asthma improved, although often just vitamin C alone in, in big doses um, can, can help that. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that we're getting. It's a spray. You can spray it straight on the skin for skin issues, um, but most people just take it as a spray uh, you know, under the tongue, and it tastes of nothing in particular, really. It is a spray? The nanopicosanol is a spray? It's a spray, yes. That's one of the things you sent me, isn't it? Are we talking about the thing that was hard to get and you finally managed to get some? But yeah, uh, uh, that's the one. It's, it's got a red label with nano written on the top. Okay, I didn't remember that that was the name. I used, I think, two bottles of that, Clive, and was quite impressed. I had a feeling of well-being. I didn't realize that was the same thing until you said it was a spray. It's, yeah. I, I remembered it as not being Pocosinol. Does it say something else on the label? Uh, yes, it it says uh, na- nano as the big letters on the top, and there are all sorts of reasons why. Then in smaller letters, it says uh, everyday wellness spray, cellular support. There it is. It is the same thing. I remember the cellular support. Yeah. yeah. There, there are reasons why I'm calling it nano picosinol, uh, which is what it is, but it's slightly different to what it says on the label. So, uh, yeah, very interesting material. You know, I wish everybody was getting great results, but it, but the people who haven't, it may be, they just haven't tried it for long enough. But um, I've got several interviews with the inventor and uh, other people about it, and quite a lot of testimonials from people. And the people who've been selling it longer than I have are saying something like 90% of people will notice it. Now, I haven't had quite enough experience yet, when not enough people have come back to me who've done it for that sort of length of time. But um, what one of the, you know, one of the really interesting things, um, the one I'd like to talk about in more detail uh, actually has a direct correlation to the proteolytic enzymes 
and that's vitamin K2. Okay. Now, this is another product on the website. We may or may not have sent it to you in the past, but it is the answer for cavities. Right? People are unaware that back in the 1930s, uh, an American dentist figured out how to reverse cavities. And he did it with the original natural form that he found of vitamin K2. The dentist was uh, Dr. Weston Price. And I think a lot of your listeners will probably would have heard of him. And in the 30s, he was a regular dentist. He realized that dental problems were a modern problem, totally modern problem. So every summer, he would go out with, and over the years with an increasing team of people. And he went to India, for example, all sorts of places where he knew they were eating the original diet. When they're eating the original, didn't know what part of the world, they, they didn't brush their teeth. You know, some people might use a stick or something, but you know, brushing teeth was not happening. Toothpaste wasn't happening. Never found anybody with a cavity or problems with their teeth. He found people whose teeth were brown, people whose teeth were green, but uh, he didn't, never didn't find cavities. But he, he, what he quickly realized was that the moment they started eating Western-type food, uh, they, their teeth started falling apart. And he wanted to track down what it was. What Was it everything about the old data? Was, it, was there a magic bullet, you might say, in traditional food? And he found it. And he called it Activator X. And uh, he started making it as a supplement. And he took grass-fed butter and cod liver oil but the grass-fed butter had to be made in May, June, July, just when everything was going, you know, growing at its most rapid rate. And he was reversing cavities with this. And um, But for the vegans, the good news is you can get it from natto. It's about the only vegan source of K2, uh, natto. And the supplements we do, of course, are vegan, made from natto. And there are there are different types of K2, but you know, our one is the, the top version, the most bioavailable. But the story of K2 is way, way deeper than that. And it, if it's all right, I'd, I'd like to go into a bit of depth, if I may. Go ahead. So one of the most useful components of our body is called osteocalcin. Now, osteocalcin allows calcium in our bodies to be used properly. Now, if you don't have enough osteocalcin, then what could happen is to repair arteries, and 20% of artery repair is just calcium buildup. So to repair arteries, uh, it'll steal if you're not eating, if you're not getting enough, if you're not able to use the calcium you're eating, and most people are eating loads of calcium, actually. If you haven't got enough osteocalcium, os osteocalcin to use the calcium, then the body will rob the bones of calcium to stop you dying of a burst blood vessel, right? Which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in this country, so many older women are told that they, you know, their bone density is going down, right? It must be that. And their bone density is going down because they can't get calcium into the body. Why can't they get calcium into the body? If you lack K2, your osteocalcin, there isn't enough osteocalcin to use, use calcium. So K2 is so important. It is the answer for osteo, 
arthritis. Anything with an osteo is a lack of K2, basically. Osteo being related to bones? Is osteo yes, exactly. always okay? It's a bone thing. Exactly. So osteocalcin removes calcium from blocked arteries so the, bo- the body can recycle it and put it back in the bones where it belonged in the first place. Is this relating to hardening? Is, is that what's going on with hardened, hardening of the arteries? That is. You get a hardened artery. That's because it's lined with calcium. So it's like rock. You know, at autopsy, if they cut open the main artery from the heart, they can do it with a pair of scissors, but they need a saw to do it in an old person who's got you know, calcium in their arteries, a saw. Hmm. So... You know, when they say your, your arteries are stiffening, they, they really, really are. So just to be clear, you know, the link is that K2 makes osteocalcin work, which fixes calcium. So you can unblock the arteries. You can lower blood sugar in a diabetic by maybe 20, 25%. Osteoporosis, heart disease, all these can be impacted positively. How many people are low on K2 one way or another? Pretty much everybody. Clive, where would it be like, I wanted to ask two questions. There was something about strawberries and they had some magical thing to keep your teeth plaque free or something. But if people were eating in the old way, say we went back a hundred years ago and people are eating, what would the K2 be in that they were eating back then? Cheese, milk, chickens, eggs, any animal product in Japan, it would have been natto because that's a regular food for them. And then you'd have to be fermenting foods, uh, I think, to get it any, I think, any other way. I think fermentation, we make all our vegan enzymes using fermentation of vegetables and stuff. Is there something about the way eggs are farmed in the United States, which kills the, the K2 delivery? Like where I am in Rhode Island, I'm in a farm area and the eggs are the best you can get. I can't find an egg in California as good as any egg I find here because of the way they're farming. But are you suggesting that the mass farming of chickens and eggs, that kind of cruelty thing they're doing, is that killing the K2? Well, yes, because you know, they're feeding, uh, you know, chickens should be eating not just grass, but wildflowers and everything that a meadow contains, herbs and, and all sorts. And they should be in the sunshine. But you know, birds are often kept indoors and fed, fed genetically modified soya. You know, hmm, right? They're going to be ill, so they give them some antibiotics, so they, so they stay on their feet. A friend of mine used to supply lighting, artificial sun lighting, to chicken farmers where they had like hundreds of thousands of chickens in one barn. It was free range. Uh, there, there was um, you know an entrance outside, but you had to step over another hundred thousand birds to find it. But legally. It was called, they were allowed to call it free range because there was an exit. The chickens had problems reading the signs, obviously. I think most people have no idea. Uh, when I realized the difference between the eggs here in Rhode Island and everywhere else I had been, uh, it's, it's astonishing. Um, I had always eaten eggs for breakfast and I'd kind of got over it. And then when I got back here and remembered, oh, oh yeah, best eggs in the world. Um, it's like night and day, the color of the, everything. It's like night and day from the kind of processed food that you get in California because there's so many people. If you're an egg manufacturer, there are, there are color charts. So you know, you, you, there are different feeds for every color of egg yolk you might want. You want a really orange one? No problem. You want a really yellow one? No problem. It's so artificial. I mean, it, it's horrendous. You know, factory farming 
And I think America's got to be as bad as anywhere in the world. It's absolutely terrible. And they're polluting the groundwater with the cow muck. I mean, it's horrendous. Yet, you know, clearly our ancestors ate wild meat when they were lucky enough to catch one. And the primary thing that the carnivore, you know, the animal carnivore, for instance, would, would eat the first choice was the liver, which has the greatest amount of vitamin K2, greatest amount of vitamin A. But, you know, spinach has vitamin K1 in it. And after the body has utilized K1, which is the blood clotting factor, if there's any left, you'll get it as K2. But it's not to say that you can eat bundles and bundles of spinach because spinach, spinach is full of oxalates and you can get kidney stones from too much spinach and kale and so on. So you're clever. You know, eating is sort of an art. Our ancestors were brought up with it. They knew how to eat. And it's only recently that, that we've sort of lost that fabulous knowledge. We quit following the sky clock. But anyhow, so the vitamin K2, is that a tablet when you provide it? Again, a small, small capsule. Let me, let me go a bit further with it. So fresh food has, oh, this, this is the work of West, Dr. Weston Price, right? Almost a hundred years ago. He found that fresh food had four times uh, more water-soluble minerals than American food in the 1930s. And that it had fresh food just in, in India or wherever any other country that was using old fashioned farming methods had 10 times more fat soluble vitamins. That's like vitamin A, which is important for sight. And he noticed, he took a camera with him to all these trips. You can go on, onto Google and put in Western Price photographs, and you'll see these pictures of sort of the natural people eating the old diet with huge smiles, massive wide teeth. You know, they, they didn't have to have teeth removed. You know, we, because we've been eating this vitamin K poor diet, everybody's mouths have shrunk. And with each generation, people's mouths are getting smaller and smaller and the teeth more and more crowded. So if a, if a woman is pregnant and she takes vitamin K2, the chances are that her child won't need braces or anything like that because he won't have crowded teeth. I mean, it's just so massive. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things I'd like to talk about about how to have healthy children. But um, it took them between 1937 and really 1995 to really understand K2. And it's uh, relatively recently. I mean, Western Price figured it out, but the science took a long time for scientists to figure it out. So pregnant women make K2 in breast milk, assuming they've got the raw materials, i.e. eating the right food to make it in, in the first place. So there are some cultures, the Swiss, for instance, traditional Swiss people would save the spring butter, you know, the stuff with the high K2 in, to give to babies and young children. Because they knew historically that that butter, the May-June butter, was incredibly health-giving. You know, it, there, 150 years ago, the, uh, the Alps, Germany, Switzerland, was, were full of dairy clinics because... You know, it, it was that the cows up there were eating the glacier meltwater-fed meadows with all the wildflowers and everything, and the cows eating that. And they used to give literally butter and cream cures. 
um, you know, crazy as it sounds. They're still eating live cheese to this day. They don't pasteurize, you know, the places that are known up there. That's not pasteurized cheese. That's a live cheese. Well, it, the difference is ludicrous. I mean, let's say you, you gave pasteurized milk to a baby cow, it would probably die because you've just murdered its lunch. So because so many of these things are cofactors, you know, vitamin C is a cofactor, and things that you need to make vitamin C work, for instance, are vitamin A, vitamin D, and vitamin K2. And so if you want to avoid Alzheimer's, you want to avoid multiple sclerosis, you want to avoid dementia, you want to inv- avoid Parkinson's, then K2 is just one of the biggest answers there is. K2 uh, stops the bacteria that causes plaque in teeth. 90% of the plaque that people get on teeth is they're low on K2. K2, if you look at a classic model, you know, what we consider beautiful, they will have the classic K2 rich face. All the facial features are sort of proper. The smile is perfect. And that's a sign of somebody who was lucky enough to get some K2 when they were younger, or their mum mum did at least. So essentially, there's too little calcium because of lack of K2 in the bones and too much in the arteries. Anybody who's got a curved back, you know, you see old people and, and they're almost looking down at the ground because their back is curved. That's a deficiency of magnesium and K2. I mean, it's so simple. A doctor should be taught that, and then the moment they see a curve in somebody's back, oh, right, magnesium and K2 cost nothing compared to a cost of a drug. So here's another interesting thing. So let's say, uh, well, we all know that old people die of cancer or they die of this, that, and the other. But what's the, the number one killer of old people? It's falling. It's falling over, right, breaking their hips, that kind of thing. But it turns out, whereas we're led to believe that the old woman falls over and breaks her hip, Nope. The old woman's, it can happen this way, the old woman's hip has got so little calcium in it that it breaks while they're standing up and then they fall. It's unreal. You know, Clive, this really speaks to the death-based system that we talk about so often. Um, How many people had any clue back in the day when they were doing all this nonsense health safety for food that they were killing the food, taking the life out of it with homogenization and pasteurization? Basically, if you were going to label that properly, uh, you would just say this product is now free of life, right? Uh, and this shows the underwriting current of the death-based system that's blooming or trying to bloom now. So, and while we're on the dairy subject, uh, you know, in Europe, uh, butter melts. In America, butter doesn't melt or not easily. And that's because they deliberately feed the dairy cows cottonseed oil in amongst the other rubbish that they give them so that the butter doesn't melt at room temperature. Mm. And I mean, cottonseed oil is a poison anyway, but to give that to cat, I mean, it's just insanity beyond insanity. So let me carry on about osteocalcin because it's just so ridiculous. Um, If somebody wants to get pregnant, what do they need? They need osteocalcin. Where would they have got it traditionally, as I mentioned, from you know all the spring sort of butter stuff? But they also would have got it from organ meats, which most of our ancestors used to eat. You know, not my favorite. So let's look at this one. Uh, how many people are on warfarin, the blood thinner, right? 
Now, what warfarin does is it creates calcium in the body. So anybody who's on warfarin really needs to study up, not follow my advice, but study K2 in relation to warfarin. On the, on the warning label they put in a warfarin packet, it tells you all the foods you mustn't eat. What's wrong with those foods? I'll tell you what's wrong. They're so full of K2 that the warfarin might kill, kill the person by thinning the blood too much. I know people who've read the warning label, stopped the warfarin, eaten those foods and been fine. They'll actually give it away in the warning label. And so, you know, because, you know, you create 20%, you, know, you, you up your calcium level for somebody who's already got arterial problems or whatever, then, you know, they could just tip over and die. Look at the word warfaring. Uh, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. My mother was on a blood thinner, got in an accident. She almost died because they couldn't stop the bleeding. After the fact, it was when I'd first come back out to, to Rhode Island to take care of her. I called her MD and said, why is my mom on this? Nobody knew. It hit just like, it's like the Peter Frampton album. They just issue it. I'm all, wait a minute. Why is she on this blood thinning drug and almost killed her? No one can answer. And then eventually it was, well, because she could have blood clotting or some nonsense later down the road. And so my mom reached 90 years of age on nothing, on no drugs. Well, you know, while warfarin previously was used as a rat killer, it's a lot better than the modern blood thinning drugs for that very reason, because with warfarin, they, they could uh, give you an anti-clotting, uh, give you a clotting factor if you're bleeding to death. But with the modern ones, it's as you've discovered, it's really hard to stop bleeding um, with the with the more modern version of, of warfarin, frightening, crazy. Who, who, who yeah. names a drug warfare? Warfare is right in the title. Yeah, quite. words have meanings. I mean, and that's a little occult for most people. But w- when I see a word like that, I'm not interested. I don't give a damn what it does. Um, in answer to a question you answered asked earlier about strawberries, strawberries have something called ellagic acid in it, which is very well known as an anti-cancer agent. And I think it would be pretty right to say that all the, all the, of all the fruits, berries are the best anti-cancer fruit, particularly strawberries. But at the same time, there's a warning, strawberries, I think, have the most chemicals sprayed on them of pretty much anything, perhaps apart from lettuce. Right. And it's, it's difficult to get off too, Clive. Um, here, here where I am, berries are a big deal. Uh, blueberries and strawberries. And I've finally given up on strawberries. They're so delicate. You can't, I, I, I just don't know how to deal with it um, because they are openly listed as having the most pesticides and other poisons on them. Uh, well, there's a very good way to deal with it. For $30, you can buy an ozone generator and you get a bowl of water, put the strawberries in the water, bubble ozone through the water for five minutes. You could put like, if it's an open bowl, you could put a plate on top, so to speak, and have the little tube going through the gap in the plate and, and the bowl. And all the surface uh, toxins will be eliminated. Uh, you can do the same with uh, uh, any food product, even meat and fish. You know, you can ozonate fish, and if it's got worms or something, uh, they sh- they should at least be dead worms. Um, sorry, not very pleasant. But- yeah, what does it do to the toxins? Are you saying that it neutralizes things like pesticides, or is it washing them away? Uh, if you ozonate black ink, the chances are it'll turn to water right in front of your eyes. Hmm. It's worth worth researching uh, ozone uh, as a uh, you know there are all sorts of different ways to use ozone. It's not safe to breathe loads loads of it. So if you've got it in the kitchen and you're 
bubbling it away for more than a minute or something, you might want to do it under a cooker hood or by an open window or something just so you don't breathe lots of it. You know, I've, I've actually breathed loads of it and never had a problem. But so you, you can take any material and neutralize it. If, if let's say somebody has been smoking in the house, you want to get rid of the smoke as quickly as possible, you turn the ozone generator on and it will clean the air. If you're in a damp house, let's say you're going to go out for the day and there's black mold, for instance, which can be very, very dangerous. If you go out the house, get an ozone generator that doesn't have a timer that switches off after 30 minutes. You've got, got one for the house. You might have to spend a bit more for one of those. Uh, you can leave it on and black mold will be dead, essentially. That's how the professional mold people do it. They get a very powerful ozone generator and they vac- seal the house up, you know, close the windows. And then when they come back into the room, uh, they probably want to hold their breath and open the windows and then leave again, just let the ozone dissipate back out again. Um, Massively powerful. So ozone can be used for other purposes. I've got an ozone generator, which is a medical ozone generator, which runs off pure oxygen. And with that, uh, you can, uh, for instance, ozonate different parts of the body. And ozone is oxygen 3, O3 rather than O2, and can be massively healing. I mean, the, the uh, you know, usually I don't, nothing's usually wrong with me, but I had a, must have had a bacterial infection in my throat and I lost my voice. So I rigged up my ozone generator uh, to bubble through uh, a litre of olive oil because while ozone can be damaging to the lungs, if you bubble it through olive oil, that, that completely neutralizes it, its danger factor. So I started breathing large quantities of ozone and in one minute, I'm not kidding you, in one minute, I got my voice back completely from hardly being able to talk to voice back in full. Outrageous. Wow. And there are people who do, there are ozone clinics out there, different ways to do it. I tried an ozone clinic once, which had, um, you had an ozone sauna. So you, you got in the uh, sauna with, with your, with a towel around your neck. So your head sticks out. So your whole body's in the box and your head's sticking out the top. And the first time I tried one of those, some 20 years ago, uh, they switched it on. Within three seconds, my body gave me the message, this is what it's like at the waterfall. So at that point, I live right near a waterfall. I went there often, so I knew what the feeling of the water. And so when water smashes against rocks, it creates ozone. That's why you smell ozone at the seaside when when the waves are strong. And so within three seconds, my body had picked up the ozone. I, I had gone through my skin up to my brain and I'd recognized like the smell and the feeling. And then the next time I did it, I did it in, in, a, in a much hotter sauna, uh, sitting on a white towel. And they also put carbon dioxide in the booth with my head sticking out the top. And after the session, which was very hot for, I don't know, about 15 minutes or something like that, I got out and the practitioner said, look behind you. And I looked on the towel and there was black, like an image of my bum in black. I thought, bloody hell, you know, what has just come out of me? What was it? I don't know. <laughs> Nasty black stuff. I don't know. I, you it know, was. it's interesting. As you're sitting there talking about it, I'm thinking like back in the stoner days of my misbegotten youth, they used to have the spray to hide the smell of 
Yeah, that was ozone. That yeah, was it. That was, it was ozone. They called it Oz. It was Oz something. But then Rose just messaged me and said, "David Avocado Wolf is really big on ozonated olive oil." Um, I haven't really, I had really thought about all these things. Yeah, but this is the side effect of bubbling it through olive oil. After a while, you bubble up, you bubble it through for days through olive oil, and the olive oil goes solid like a sort of soft wax and. You can ozonate cannabis oil. You can ozonate anything you like, any type of oil. And each one has a different effect. And lots of research has been done over decades uh, for ozonating oils of different kinds. Fantastic for skin issues for some people. You know, all sorts of you know, ozone is incredible. And you know, the ozone layer is up in in the sky. You know, you, you know the cycle of meteorolo- meteorology, where you know, the water evaporates goes up into the ozone layer where it gets purified and the O2 becomes O3, sorry, the H2O becomes H2O2, which is hydrogen peroxide. So it goes goes up in the ozone layer and gets cleansed, everything, all the toxins gone. Then it becomes hydrogen peroxide, it rains hydrogen peroxide, then at a certain altitude, the oxygen extra atom is knocked back off again, goes back up into the ozone layer, and it rains. Yeah, we're going to be wrapping up here pretty quick, Clive. I was going to bring up the snake venom thing, but by the time this goes out, we will almost certainly have interviewed Dr. Artist. What would you like to get into the public-facing hour one before we wrap up here, Clive? We only got a couple minutes. Yes. Okay. I'd like to get in the fact that obviously shortages of everything are coming. So with basic stuff you think you might need, vitamins, whatever, I would suggest you stock up. Um, then I'd like to bring everybody's attention to the Secret Health Club, which is secrethealthclub.com. And I've been totally deleted off YouTube now. All my 13 years or whatever of archives there are gone, but they're all on the Secret Health Club, which is uncensorable. It's based in Iceland, and they have to take a court order out in Iceland if they want to shut that down. And um, uh, basically, it's sort of an A to Z of ailments and remedies. And I've tried to keep it simple. So, you know, you've got whatever the issue might be, whether it's you, granny, whoever it is, you can go straight to that issue, and there won't be a hundred million bits of information, and you don't know what to choose. We've tried to put the information in order. So the chances are the, first, the number one is, is the, actually the first thing you need to know. You, know you, you can look up osteo problems and you'll find K2, lots of information about K2. Five, is this a private membership association, the Secret Health Club? It's a private members club. There it is. All the information about the, the Tesla technology, which everybody needs to know about, because the answers to pain and stuff you know, pain was cured 100 years ago, longer, 130 years ago, Tesla figured out how to uh, reverse pain in minutes. And so if people want to know about that, I'm, I'm afraid I'm sort of hiding it behind the club for obvious reasons. Well, you kind of have to. And everyone listening knows the private membership association work we've done. We're still looking for more information, but basically it's a way to have a membership club that is not beholden to censorship and all these other things, just so you know. Anyhow, anything else, Clive? I got to wrap it. Uh, no, that that's the most important thing. Thank you. I mean, I'd like to add, if anybody's in desperate financial trouble and they can't afford to join the club, if they email me, 
uh, I will give them a, uh, you know, a special free membership. You know, if you're in trouble, I, I'm here to help, not, not make, you know, making money is secondary. All right. Just so everybody knows, under every episode, there are little tiny images that link to the places that I have had firsthand experience with that I think are important products. Clive is in the top upper left. There, it says his name, Clive to Carl, right on the image. That will link you through. They have good customer support. And I use this stuff every day. As a matter of fact, on the tail of this, I'm going to get Picosinol and I'm going to get some proteolytic enzymes. And I think I'm going to try the K2. I like to have firsthand experiences with all these things we bring up. But that does bring hour one of episode 408 to a close. Uh, you can get hour two at pro777radio.com. If you're a member, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new, new era. But before I go, we're going to talk about cold lasers, frequency generators, water filters, addiction, babies, uh, the, the snake venom thing, which is coming to the fore. Uh, these are all some of the things that we'll be touching on in hour two. There it is. Cheers.
enemies of knowing.